Welcome to the radio broadcast of Pineview Baptist Church, a growing community of faith in the Belfast community of Goldsboro. We are located at 3357 U.S. Highway 117 North in Goldsboro. We invite you to find out more about our congregation by visiting us at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. Join us now for our weekly message. James chapter 1, and we're going to begin reading in verse 17. A very familiar passage of Scripture, one that I hope you know, and I hope that as we approach it, we will apply it as well. It says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Verse 18, of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. Verse 19 is where we really get into our topic for today. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Read that again. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, he goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Leave your Bibles open or follow along in your YouVersion app as we will be referring back to our text multiple times. We live in an age of information. We live in a day where with just a click of a button or just saying, Hey Siri, I can find out what's going on in a community halfway around the world that I've never heard of. And sometimes I think it's good and sometimes I think it's bad. I think it's good the way that the world has been connected in some ways it's good the, the things that social media has produced in some ways that we can now connect with someone that we knew, you know, 40 or 50 years ago and, and, um, you know, pick up where we left off with old friends around the world. But I don't think that the human mind is meant to absorb the burden of carrying the news, the amount of information that is just now rapid firing at us from every angle. Sometimes we need to take a step back and we need to listen a little bit more carefully because with all this information coming at us, I feel like things get lost and sometimes we get confused and sometimes we don't truly hear. You know, you think about 
the, the popular broadcast mediums today and, and the way that ads are coming at you and you're watching the news and there's 14 things scrawling underneath you while you're listening to someone talk about something that's going on and you're seeing footage from another part of the world. and Information is just coming at us and it's conditioned us. It's changed the way we consume. It's changed the way we, we pr- participate in the process. It's changed the way that we listen and respond. A lot of times we're not really hearing because there's so much coming at us. And if we take that same approach to God's Word, we're in danger of missing out on a lot of things. This week I've been thinking about mentors. I've been thinking about people who mentored me in pastoral ministry people who poured into my life and invested into my life. I got the the opportunity to spend some time with um, who I call my pastor this week. He now pastors a church in Alabama, and he was home visiting some family. I got to spend a couple of days with him. What a blessing it was just to be around my pastor for a few days, Pastor Tim Lanier. I think about Pastor Frank Purvis. He pastors Eureka Christian Church in Grantham. He was the one who was preaching the gospel when God convicted my heart. And I was actually called to ministry under his leadership and his guidance. I'm thankful for him. Dr. Ned Sauls, he used to work for the Noose Baptist Association. Before that, he was um, the uh, dean of... Um, Heritage Bible College in Dunn, he poured into me as a young minister and he invested into my life. And I remember him saying something many years ago, telling me that this would be true and that I would see this play out in my ministry. He said, you know, you can learn all the best techniques, you can read all the best books about how to preach, about how to pastor, how to lead, how to connect with people, but there's one thing you can't control. You cannot control the hearer. And sometimes the the failure to communicate is my fault. Sometimes I didn't study enough. I didn't communicate clearly and effectively enough. And maybe things get lost in translation. But sometimes it's not my fault at all. Sometimes it's not Pastor Tim's fault or anyone else's fault. It's your fault. How did you hear? Were you listening? Were you actively listening? Well, James is aware of these problems, and he's addressing it in James chapter 1. There are several things that he is describing for us that must be done as we prepare for the Word, as we prepare to receive the Word, as we prepare to apply the Word. He gives us a very simple outline. And so I want to dig in for a few moments and let's unpack these things. The first thing that he describes that we must do if we're going to make way for the Word in our lives is that we have to listen. We have to listen. Now notice with me verse 19 and verse 20 of our text. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We have to be quick to listen. You know that old phrase, I'm sure your grandma said it to you. Two ears, one mouth, what does that mean? You listen twice as much. 
He who is listening is learning, I've heard it said. If someone is, I've, I've heard this phrase, I think, I, I can't remember where I heard it, but I probably heard it from a grandparent. But the phrase that if someone is not inclined to listen, even a shout becomes a whisper. And that is very true, especially when we're listening to God's Word. Let me give you a few verses of Scripture that support this point here in verses 19 and 20. Proverbs 12 and 15. It says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 2 and 2. Making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding. There is an active portion of listening. We think of listening as a, as a passive thing, but sometimes that's the problem. We're being too passive. We're not being active in our listening. Notice what James says, be quick to listen. There's an action involved there. It's something you have to do. You have to work at it. It probably isn't our natural inclination. And so he says to be listeners, we have to be quick to listen. But then he goes on to say, we have to be slow to speak. You're not listening if you're speaking, are you? You're not hearing what's being said to you if you're talking at the same time. How many of us have said a word and then instantly we regretted it? How many of us have said something to someone and automatically we knew that should have never come out of our mouths? We've all done it, I'm sure. And if it's something that we do consistently, it shows a lack of discipline in our lives. So again, this is an active thing. Restrain yourself. Think about what you're going to say before you say it. If you're listening to what's being said, it'll be easier to do. Proverbs 18 and 2. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Proverbs 21 and 23, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Amen and amen. That's the most practical thing from Scripture we could read today. But the third thing that James writes for us is that we must be slow to anger. Controlling anger allows us to listen to unpleasant truths. You hear people talking about constructive criticism, and a lot of times that's just an excuse for them to unload on you. But there are times where we need to be criticized constructively. There are times when we need to have a difficult word spoken to us. If we're slow to anger, if we're slow to speak and quick to listen, we'll be able to receive those truths, even difficult truths from God's Word that many times we don't want to listen to. And the truth is that just because we don't like the information doesn't mean that it isn't truth. But when we're angry and we're thinking out of balance, our reasoning is undependable. Ephesians 4 and 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Ecclesiastes 7 and 9, Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the bosom of fools. Slow to anger. Slow to speak. Quick to listen. Listening is an active thing and we have to be engaged
But the second thing that he describes for us is the reception of what we're listening to, that we are to receive what we hear. Verse 21, it says, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant with wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Hearing and enjoying and appreciating God's word is not enough. We have to accept it. <laughs> this is something that preachers joke about, and um, I'm going to let you in on one of our little inside jokes. <laughs> A lot of churches do what we do. Every Sunday, the pastor finishes up, he goes to the front door, he shakes hands. And it doesn't matter if I preached on adultery or if I preached on watching your mouth. It doesn't matter if I preached on the rapture or if I preached on hell. There's always going to be people at the door who say, that was a nice message, preacher. <laughs> and sometimes it wasn't a nice message. Sometimes it was a hard word. It was a difficult word. And we're to receive it in the way that it's shared. We need the right preparation. We need the right attitude. And we also need the right expectation when we come before God's Word, when we sit before God's Word. So let's look at those three things, the right preparation. It says in verse 21, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. You know, one thing that makes it incredibly difficult to receive God's Word in our lives is if we're nurturing sinful thoughts, sinful actions and attitudes, it makes it difficult to hear God's Word. And while the Word helps us eliminate those attitudes, those actions, and it gives us, it leads us to a repentant heart, the Word is essential for that process. And so are you a repentant person? Can you readily admit when you're wrong? Are you able to realize when you've made a mistake to seek out what is right? Have you repented of your sins? Have you trusted in Christ? Repentance should be the lifestyle of the believer. Not a one-time thing and we're done, but a daily dying to ourselves and taking up our cross and following Christ. Are we preparing ourselves to sit before the Word? Put away all filthiness, rampant wickedness, but he moves on to talk about the right attitude. He says in the same verse, receive with meekness. In other translations, you'll find humbly accept. The point here is that we need to let God's word rule and reign over us. It is not the other way around. If we only accept the teachings of Scripture that we already agree with, then it isn't Scripture that we agree with. It's our own beliefs. It's ourselves that we have established as an authority. Something I say often, you either believe the Bible or you don't. And when we approach God's Word, we don't approach it to pick it apart and to pull out the things that we don't like or insert things that we think it missed. No, we humbly accept God's Word. Either you believe God's Word or you don't. We also have to do this with the right expectation the right expectation. One reason that we stand humbly before the Word is because of its power. 
It says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The power of the living God to convict and to save, to set things right, to put things in order. Do we believe God's word? Do we believe that God can do what he says he can do? If we're approaching God's word with doubt, we're in a dangerous place. And so if we're going to receive the Word, we do it with the right preparation, the right attitude, the right expectation, preparing our hearts and minds to do God's Word. And that is our final point today, verses 22 through 25. Read it with me. It says, But be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Do I accept the word? Ask yourself that right now. Do I accept God's Word? The final proof of that is what do we do with what we've learned? James here declares, be doers of the Word, not hearers only. Notice what he says, deceiving yourselves. Now we've got to be careful here. We know and understand that we are not made righteous by our actions. We are not made righteous by our good deeds. I happened to walk into Sunday school this morning and heard him talking about that very topic and I shook my head and nodded along with agreement. We are made righteous by Christ, not by anything that we do. But James tells us very clearly here that if we hear the word only, we don't apply the word to our lives, that we're deceiving ourselves. Jesus said in the Gospels, why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I tell you to do? Don't say you're a follower of Christ if you're not following Christ. Don't call yourself a follower of God's Word if you're not following God's Word. Do I accept the Word? There are people running around all all over the place who claim to be a follower of Christ. They claim to to live under the authority of God's Word, but they never put what they know into practice. James says you're deceiving Yourself. God's Word is an instrument for self-evaluation. And we see an example in our text today. James describes a man who looks at himself in a mirror. He walks away and he instantly forgets what he looks like. He's probably got dementia or Alzheimer's. (laughs) But you know, a a photo, a painting, that can fool you. But a mirror is the real thing. And why do we go to the mirror in the morning? We go to make sure our hair is straight, our tie is not crooked, unless it's a bow tie because they say that a bow tie is supposed to be a little bit crooked so people know that it's not a clip-on. Check our ties. See if I've got some Cheerios stuck in my teeth because I don't want to come stand up here before y'all with my hair all crazy and food hanging out of my mouth. A mirror shows me what's wrong, doesn't it? 
It shows me what I need to be fixing. And God's Word is the very same thing in our lives. We need a mirror to find out who we are. To see what's wrong. To see what needs to be changed. Have you been set free? Have you been made new by the power of the gospel by Jesus Christ? Have you seen your own sin? Have you seen the rampant wickedness, the evil in your own life that James is talking about in our text? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And now James changes his figure of speech and he describes the word of God as the perfect law that gives freedom. Many people today will tell you that God's Word is a burden, that the rules of Scripture are nothing more than something meant to keep you under a thumb, a cosmic thumb. But the truth is that God's Word liberates. God's Word brings life. It enables us to live as we were designed to live. MacArthur has this to say. He says, God's grace cannot be faithfully preached to unbelievers until the law is preached and man's corrupt nature is exposed. It's impossible for a person to fully realize his need for God's grace until he sees how terribly he has failed the standards of God's law. If I realize how sinful I am, and how I have failed and I have broken God's law. What do I need? I need liberty. I need to be made right. Law and freedom seem contradictory to us, but they're two sides of the same coin. I think we have a lot of laws that are ridiculous. A lot of things that it's just the government trying to get money. <laughs> but I'm thankful that someone decided many years ago, hey, we're going to put traffic signs on the road. And we're going to have uh, speed limits posted to create some order to keep things safe. And if everyone decided to get in their car and go as fast as they wanted, or if people decided that, hey, red lights and green lights don't matter, I'll just do what I want, we would have chaos on our roads. The truth is that we haven't lived up to the standard. We have broken God's law. But the other beautiful truth is the realization that that can lead you to repentance. It says in John chapter 8 and verse 36, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. James says God's Word is the perfect law that gives freedom. Have you been set free? In glad tidings... James Callum tells of a young book salesman who was assigned to a rural area, probably not much unlike the area where we live. We live out in the sticks in, near Seven Springs. And the young man was selling some books that he hoped the rural farmers would like. It was introducing to them new techniques and new ways of farming. And he saw an old farmer sitting on his rocking chair one morning and he walked up to his porch. And he said, Sir, in my bag here I have a book that if you purchase it, it will tell you how to farm ten times better. And that farmer's just sitting there rocking. He ain't working, he's rocking. 
And he said, son, I know exactly how to farm 10 times better than I'm doing right now. <laughs> Perhaps we know more about the Christian life than we put into practice. Let me say that again. Perhaps we know more about the Christian life than we put into practice. And if that's the case, James says you're deceiving yourself. But he says this is a perfect law and it gives freedom. He says listen to it. Receive it. And then do it. This is God's Word. It is for us as people when I say thanks be to God for it. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services.